Amen. Amen. How many of you heard from God this morning? Amen. I want... This morning, I, <laughs> I, I like to go for walks in the morning a few times a week, and uh, I have this real scaredness of dogs. And I, I go past this one house every morning, and there's a dog that, two dogs that always bark at me. But they're behind a gate, so that's cool. Well, about two or three weeks ago, I went for my walk, and I, I think the Lord just saved me at that point in time because I was just rounding the corner, but I hadn't gotten around the corner yet. And, and I looked, and one of the dogs was out of the yard on the road. And these guys are the big, like, big, like, it's a cross between the three meanest dogs you could name. And he didn't see me, fortunately. So I turned around and I went home. <laughs> but now what I do is I, I drive from my house and I go up to the, the auto mall there at High Street and they got a nice circle and I just walk around there. And so this morning I was walking around there. And um, now I've had coffee with a few of you. You may have heard a few of these stories, but last week I was complaining in the car. There's some stuff in my life. And as a pastor, I was complaining. And you really have to be careful what kind of seeds you deposit into your children, negative and positive. And I was complaining and saying some stuff to Brenda and just, and then the voice came from the back seat. And Cleo said to me, you know, Dad, just think of the testimony you're going to have when you get through this season of your life. <laughs> My 16-year-old daughter just preached a full-blown sermon in about 10 words to me. She said, you know, Dad, if, it was, if life was just easy, <laughs> you wouldn't even have a testimony at the end of it all <laughs> share so so, that was last week. God spoke through my daughter to me. This morning, I'm, I'm, I'm walking. And I'm just thinking of all the challenges. You know what the Lord said to me? Why don't you rebuke them? <laughs> now, I've said it, we've said it. You know, Jesus is our model. What did he say to the storm? He rebuked it. He rebuked the storm. He used the power and the authority of who he is. And when he left this earth and ascended, he passed a certain baton to you and to me. And he gave us his authority. He said, now, in my name, you can. And that includes rebuking Satan. I can't remember if it's Peter or Paul. He said, resist the devil. And what happens? You will flee. Now, remember, there's... there's uh, 
Three words before all that, it says submit to God. Don't forget that part. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And this morning, as Olivia was talking at the beginning of the service about that dry bones, those dead dreams, those things that seem futile and hopeless, you know what you can do? What did, what, what did God tell Ezekiel? He said, you speak. And so this morning, I want to encourage you. I, I just, I'm in the middle of the auto mall. I don't know if there's customer. I don't know who was around, if anybody heard. I just started talking out loud. I said, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And then I just, but, you know, we, we need, we need, sometimes we sit around waiting for God to do stuff that he gave us authority to do. And we need, oh, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but, but we need, we need to stand up. Stand on the word of God, on the promises of God, on the authority of God that he has embedded in us and invested into us and handed over to us. We need to stand in that. And, <laughs> Amen. So I want to encourage you, what, what Olivia and, and the rest of, of what God already has spoken to us this morning, stand in the authority that you have. Stop preaching. <laughs> Don't give up, is what Pastor Winona said, and that's kind of part of what I want to say. You know, over the last six months, uh, you know what, God just has been working in my life. I, I put some notes together that I might preach on this morning. Would any, I, I, I stapled a bunch of it together. If anybody wants, would anybody like some of the notes? I'm, I'm going to be preaching on them. Justin, young man of God, why don't you hand some of those out? I, I might preach on some of it, but I, I took out all my commentary, and I left mostly just the Word of God in there. But what I, what I, what I want it to do is, is for you to read some of the, the verses and some of, uh, some of the, def you know, so much is built into God's word, definitions of words. And the, there's, these are just some of the, and I put just like verses in there, but I just encourage you, get into the chapters and read the context, read the, and, and just... I, like, this has been about six months of some of the, just the same chapters. And I want to, this morning, are, are they all gone? Okay. The, the, if anybody needs any. Um, are they all gone, though? Do, do you need more? Okay. I might reference them, and I might say they're on your notes, and I, but I won't know what page you've got there. I'm going to go real fast, and then you can, you can let God's Word preach to you out of these. Here, I, something I just came across. Um, it, it's uh, 
a page that says 1 Chronicles 28.9. And, and Corey, you can throw that up on the screen too. You know what? One thing that has fascinated me over the last six months to 12 months as I've been just reading, I, I love the Psalms, I love the Proverbs, and Solomon was a really wise man. How many of you would agree with that? He was wise. But as I've read the Psalms, I'm realizing how much Solomon just repeated his dad. It's amazing. And, and listen to what David here says. This is David at the end of his life. And, and Solomon built the temple. And in, in this 28th chapter... David is talking to the elders of Israel about the temple that he wanted to build. And then God said, no, you can't build it, but your son will. Do you know who planned the whole thing? We, we, sing, we say the temple of Solomon. You know what it was? The temple really David designed. At, at, I think verse 10, he says, now Solomon, look here at all the plans of what you're going to build. David put together all the materials. He had the passion for it. He had the plans for it all, and he passed it on to his son. And throughout Proverbs, what do you, you, you hear this phrase all the time. My father would say to me, don't forget my words. And Solomon is repeating David. And listen to what David here in this verse, and I want to look at a couple of the words in here. As for you, my son Solomon, listen to this. Know the God of your father. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> my, my brain just, just like, it just explodes. And serve him, says, with a loyal heart. This means singleness of heart. Singleness. On another page, <laughs> it all ties together. All those notes you got, they look different. But Luke chapter 12 there, Jesus is talking, it, it, you know, conversations with Christ. Just talks about seeking God, a singleness, a singleness of thought, a singleness of purpose, a singleness of desire. And here David is saying to Solomon, your whole heart. Serve him with your whole heart. Not divided affections. Not with, ah, I'm tired today. I'm not going to go for it. I'm, you know, I'm just too busy. Oh, there's this on. I can't make it. There's this happening. I can't go. No. God says, take all those distractions. This is David to Solomon. Get rid of all the distractions. You know what David's, I mean, Solomon's downfall was? All the wives he got distracted him and embedded desires into his heart and divided his heart. And at the end of Solomon's life, he's worshiping the gods that his wives brought into the house. He, got, he left what his father had told him. Singleness of heart. And he let his heart get divided, Solomon did. And then he says, and a willing I think I put some of the definitions underneath the passage there. A willing heart means take pleasure in the Lord. Be ready. Be eager. Be just chomping at the bit. Oh, we get to go to church on Sunday. Saturday night got to be the greatest evening because we're preparing our hearts for Sunday morning. 
There should be a willingness, a willingness, a readiness to come into the house of the Lord. And whatever distractions, I never go to movies on Saturday night. Too many distractions. I try to have a quiet evening at home. Why? Because I want to be ready for Sunday morning. Our kids, they have a, a bedtime that's a little earlier on a Saturday night. they got to shut down their various things a little earlier on a Saturday night. Why? Because we want them to be fresh, ready, willing, yeah. eager for God's house. And David is saying to Solomon, serve the Lord with a whole heart and a willing mind. Take pleasure in God. Have delight and have passion for God. For the Lord searches all hearts. And understands every intent of the thoughts, of your thoughts. Then it says, if you seek him. Wow. Look at, just read. If you seek him, he will let you find him. Now that should just blow your mind. If you seek him, he will let you find him. I, I clicked on the, the word, and I think I put it in there. The word seek. It means to tread a place with your feet. Have you ever seen along a fence like a path, there's, say, in a pasture, and the cows or the horses or a dog will run along the fence, and they'll wear a path in the grass. That's what this word seek means. Where is the path worn down in your life? Where is the path worn down? Are you, is there a path worn to that sea of forgetfulness? And you're walking along with your fishing rod to see what you can catch from your past and dwell on from your past. Are you digging up old bones that have been buried? Is that where the path is worn? David is saying to Solomon here, have a path worn out in the grass, a path worn out that leads to the throne of God. Let that be the most walked on path in your life. Wear out that grass. Let, let the dirt show come through on that path. The path that leads to the throne of God. The, the path that leads to the one person that has the answer for every challenge that you'll face. Every question that you have. Every need that may come up. The one person. Wear out the path to that throne room. And God says that if you have that path boy worn out leading to me, I'm going to let you find me. I will reveal myself to you in ways you might not expect, in amazing situations that you could never have set up, opportunities that you never dreamed of, thoughts and, and passions that you never knew were in you. 
if you will have a path worn out to me, I will reveal myself to you. I will reveal myself to you. That's, that was one thought. There's a page put on Christ. Look at that, Romans 13, 14. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions. If you are so busy in your life putting on Christ, you won't have time for any of the other stuff. You know what the hardest thing to do in church life is to schedule. Which evening is going to be the best evening to do such and such on? Because there's so many other things that want to distract, tug us, pull us, tempt us, challenge us. Fill up our time, fill up our schedule, fill up our brain. There's so much. But if you were so busy putting on Christ in Romans 13, 14, it's, there won't even be time. Put on Christ and make no provision for the. The law of, is it displacement? If you have a cup of water, and, and, and you put a rock into that cup of water that's filled to the brim, whatever the value or the volume of that rock will displace the water that's in the cup. Now say that cup is your life, and that object you want to put into the cup that's full of all the cares of this world, all the distractions of this world is the water, and that object is Christ. The bigger Christ is, the more it will displace the water. The more you fill up your life, the more you put on Christ, the more you make him part of your life, the more you beat the path to him, the less there will be of the distractions of this world, the challenges will, the, the, the old song, the things of this world, they grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and his grace and who he is, the more you fix your eyes on him, the less of the distractions will bother you, the less the distractions will tug at you, and pretty soon all that will grow dim in the light of his glory. Put on Christ. What are you aiming at? That's one of the pages. Luke chapter 12. And again, it goes, the word seek. This is Luke's version. Of the Sermon on the Mount. And it's incredible. He embeds a story in there. Jesus tells a story of this farmer who, who plants crops. And I put there things that try to derail us. 
I think it's at verse 13 and 14. No, 15 to 21. He tells a story of this farmer who, who plants crops and he gets such a bumper crop that he has barns that cannot contain what he's producing. What, is it? what am I going to do with all this stuff in my life? He says, I know. I'll rent a bigger warehouse. I'll build a barn, bigger barns and I can fit all my stuff. And then at the end, I'll say, oh, soul, you have, you have prospered so much. You have, you have produced so much. You now can rest, and you can take it easy, and you can just rest because of how amazing you've been and how awesome your production has been. And that night, the Lord comes and says your soul is required of you now what is going to happen with all the stuff you accumulated and then jesus says so is the person who stores up for himself treasures on this earth but is not rich towards god powerful powerful this morning what are you rich towards what consumes you two verses later jesus is talking and it's it's the same words from matthew 6 you know how much how many of you by thinking can add to your height how much what can you do about your life don't be anxious he says don't be consumed with this life he says but seek First, the kingdom of God. Be rich towards God. Be rich towards God. Give him your abundance. The abundance of your energy. The abundance of your time. The abundance of your thought process. Let that be what you are rich toward. Let that be what consumes you. That's, the word anxious means what is consuming you. And Jesus said, you know, the Gentiles and the world, they seek after those things. They allow those things, the things, possessions, materials, they allow that to consume them. And they are not rich towards me. They don't give me a second thought. And the day will come when their soul will be required of them. And then what's left with all the stuff they've accumulated? Instead, Jesus says, be rich toward me. Let the most worn path in your lawn be the one that leads to me. Be rich to me. Seek me. Let your striving, let your, your energy be spent in pursuing me. Because when, when you do that, I'll take care of the rest. I'll take care of the rest. The stuff that you can't do, you can't do. But I can. But I can. But I can. I'm just going to close with, you know, go through the page there. It says renewing your mind. What? That's what I was going to preach on. Wow. 
but go through those notes. Meditate. Don't, you know, sometimes we just get caught up with reading something and forgetting about it. I've spent probably the last year in those four or five passages, just the bulk of my time. I read through books of the Bible and stuff, but just meditate. But I want, I want to close with, with this. I had a conversation with one of my sons. And because I have three of them, they're all going to be guessing which one. And I have two son-in-laws. So they won't know who I had this conversation with. And my... Excuse me. You know, we all go through challenges and, and seasons in our life. And I'm probably talking to him and trying to give him advice. It's probably speaking to myself. I said, son, there are things in your life that you cannot change. There are things in your life that you cannot achieve. But God can. And if you take him out of the equation, if you take out the one person that can actually achieve that, can actually supply that, can, can actually fulfill that, if you take that person out of the equation, you're taking out the one chance of fulfillment. And there are people that face challenges and hardships and they face impossible mountains in their life. And the first thing they want to do is get angry at God. Say, what's the use? They give up and they walk away from the one person that can deal with the mountain in their life. And instead of beating a path, trampling down the grass to other things that will not satisfy, that will not fulfill, they let the grass grow tall on the path that leads to Christ. The only answer. The only one. This morning, who are you rich toward? What are you rich toward? Jesus said, the only one, the only one that will bring the fulfillment that you're looking for, that will bring the purpose that you're looking for, that will fill the passion that is in you, that he put in us, and we search everywhere else and we, we forsake the one who put the passion in us and that will fulfill the passion in us. And we give up. And I said, son, don't take God out of your equation. Because then you're left to yourself. You're left to yourself. Someone who is limited. Someone who has defects, weaknesses. 
But when you leave God in your equation and make him the greatest part of your equation, make him the rock, the foundation of the equation, when you do that, you bring in the greatest resource, the one who is almighty, the one who is all-powerful. You, you bring in the greatest resource, the one with no weaknesses, the one with no faults. You bring the greatest resource back into the equation. And there are challenges we all face. Challenges I face. And I grumbled and I complained over the last couple weeks. But I remembered my conversation with my son. I said, God, I'm not going to leave you out. If anything, I'm going to wear that path till it becomes a rut. Not just dirt where the grass has been trampled. I'm going to wear a rut in the ground to the Lord Jesus Christ, the author, the finisher of my faith, the author, the finisher of the passion that he put in me, the one who can bring it about when I can't, when I hit a brick wall, there is one, there is one who can break through, that can break through and bring you through whatever challenge you might be facing, whatever difficulty, whether, whatever weakness you think, whatever addiction you might have, there's one, there's one. Don't give up on the one Don't give up on the one. Be rich toward him. Be rich toward him. Be rich toward him. Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, this morning you have just spoken to us. Oh, you have spoken to us in so many, so many different voices in this congregation, but one thought one mind, one spirit behind them all. This morning, Lord, we, we lift dryness, those dry bones, those things in our life that seem dead, hopeless, those things in our life that just, what's the use? But God, help us not to eliminate you from the equation. Because you are the answer. You are the, the power, the might. The one that sees all, the one that knows all. The one who is the beginning, the one who is the end. You you are the answer. Help us not to eliminate you, but help us to beat a path. Beat a path to you. Help us to beat a path to you. Help us to be rich towards you. Help us to be consumed with knowing you, seeking you, pursuing you.
because you have our best interest at mind. You have our purpose. You have our fulfillment as your passion. And we lift, Lord, again, those areas that we don't have an answer for, we lift them to you. Those things that we cannot find a solution for, those mountains that we see, can't seem to get over or get around, we lift it to you because you are the only hope, the only answer. And help us in times of challenges, times of crisis, not to eliminate you from the equation, but always have our eyes fixed and focused and looking towards you. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.